0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Netsch on Live 95. Now, yesterday we chatted about a bottom-pinching incident that happened to a high-profile woman. And this morning we're going to talk a little about some of the things that were raised on the show across yesterday. For example, does it happen to men And do men speak up about it? First, take a listen to this little reminder of yesterday's chat. She was with a work crew, she was doing a photo shoot, and some random stranger walked up and pinched her bottom and left. And I suppose she was outlining the kind of shock because people around her assumed it was someone she knew And that it was some kind of joke. Um, And obviously it wasn't. And when they all realised then that it wasn't someone she knew and she was as shocked as the rest of them, they actually said out loud, did that actually just happen? I was quite shocked that in a professional environment like that when you're working, that someone would have the audacity (coughs) to do that. There isn't a
1: single, and I mean this like with whole, this isn't an exaggeration or a generalisation. There isn't a single woman I know who has not been touched in some way without consent like and it goes runs the whole gamut from you know what people think is like a, a butt pinch or whatever up to further serious things there isn't a single woman I know who hasn't had that happen to her. What century was that man in and does he have a mother?
0: I, I was chatting to a group of guys recently mm. and out of interest yeah. asked them, yeah. I don't know how many maybe seven or eight guys have they ever had that happen to them. Yeah. And, and one of the eight had yeah. had it happen.
1: No, it does happen. I mean, you know, like, say, nights are notorious for, you know, <laughs> different things and stuff but like what that. What do you but, mean? Um, you know, women are out and if they see, you know, like, exotic dancers or, or whatever, I'm not saying we're the only ones it happens to. I'm saying it happens about a million times more. post like Mirrens are so important because they do empower women to come forward and process what's happened. But I do want to see more men talk about this because I've yeah. spoken to male friends of mine before and this just isn't a topic that comes up with them. And on nights out when, you know, it's happened to friends of mine, because again, all of us, all of us have had situations happen Mm -hmm. and I remember I stood up to a guy who was inappropriate with my friend and his friend came over and said, oh, don't mind him, he's like that every time we bring him out. And it was just like, it was one of those situations where that's not acceptable. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. like this every time we go out with him. I said, are you not mortified? It was like, that's horrendous. Yeah. Why do you think
0: that men don't get it?
1: because they're not held accountable. Mm -hmm. They're not held accountable when they do it, and they're not held accountable when they don't step in.
0: Right, that's uh, Dana, uh, Jen and Anne-Marie talking to us this morning, just part of uh, a long and really interesting discussion on this subject, uh, which you can catch as a podcast at live95.ie or through the Live95 app. And uh, we're joined now by Sean Cook, who is CEO of the Men's Development Network. Uh, Hello, Sean, how are you doing?
1: Good morning, Joe. Uh, Thanks for having us on.
0: You're very welcome. So firstly, two things raised there. It's clear some men experience this too, but do they feel that they can a admit it and b openly criticise it among other men?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, clearly uh, what other people said yesterday evening, it does happen uh, to men. It may not happen as uh, as much as what has happened in terms of women, but I think that's a lot of that's to do with the structural inequalities that exist within society and the various different contexts that have been at play uh, to before now, you know, so uh, it does happen, and I think, like, like every other form of abuse that happens, also men are very a lot slower to come forward and talk about it anyway. So I think with this type of situation, it also would reflect a general sense where how men come, how men kind of come forward and, 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 and report. And why, why are
0: men slow to come forward? Why are they slow to talk about it?
1: Well, I think there's there's a number of things around it. I think the first would be around those kind of traditional understandings of masculinity about what is it, what is it, what do we know about what it means to be a man, and of course, there's those elements around being in charge, being being a leader, being stoic, not being weak. All of these type of things would actually would be barriers to men. Coming forward to talk about a particular issue like this because they'd see it, they would see it then as them actually being viewed as weak if it actually happened to them. Right. And it's very interesting listening to the conversation yesterday and from what, uh, Miriam was talking about that the, the biggest thing that she felt at the time was that the shock element to it. But also that bit where after it happens, you said, why didn't I do something about that? Okay, that sense of shame or that sense of annoyance or frustration that you didn't actually challenge it, that you didn't do something about it. And that's a similar thing that happens around with men as well, and what most victims of abuse in some form will find themselves shaming themselves and blaming themselves for the actual, for what actually happened, and something yeah. that they would no control over. Now,
0: know? I mean, some suggest that a woman feels more vulnerable and uncomfortable in that situation, whereas a man may just feel uncomfortable. Would you agree with that?
1: I, 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 I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think in some ways it's, it's actually unhelpful to kind of. To, to look at this in a binary way, that this happens to women and this happens to men, okay? I think that, uh, you know, it, I, do, I don't think it actually helps sometimes the conversation. We clearly know that this behavior is sexist, In the, like in one instance it is sexist in terms of it's about where this is intended to cause harm, you know, or intimidate or put a woman or a man in their place. That's So that's clearly it's a power thing to a certain element on it. Does the other element around bullying, you know, which this is about, you know, and I, and I say bullying specifically because I think we all have experienced the the situation. Asher, oh, sure, Jays, were we're only having the crack, we're having a laugh, we're having this, that, and the other. But the reality is it's still causing harm. And you can hear the bully in the schoolyard mm. saying to the teacher, oh, we were only messing. And the same is just the other bit is around the people's horror view. And if you're experiencing, if you've lived within an experience where that kind of form of behavior becomes the norm it's normalized behavior well then you're going to replicate it and continue to do it and so you, you think it's okay
0: yeah which uh, are chatting sean cook of the men's development network uh, off the back of the conversation we were having yesterday and another point mentioned in the extract i played hen nights um are, can mm. be notorious for it doing it to men so what way can a man feel particularly if surrounded by women having a laugh so to speak
1: well, I think it's like, uh, like again, I would say it's kind of unhelpful, someways, to make make the distinction between it. I think any group of people who are out and about, uh, and uh, but isn't that within a context a like
0: I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with with you, but I mean, mm-hmm. we we have to make the distinction because it appears as though out there in society, there is a distinction made.
1: Well, I think there is a distinction made, you know, but I, I, the distinction is not—it's it, not necessarily about the behaviour. The behaviour is the behaviour, Joe, and people, regardless of what their gender is or what their sex is, it's still—it's still harmful behaviour, you know. So well, how can we I play this society? for you then,
0: because I think you might be interested yeah. in this, Sean. This is a WhatsApp that we received uh, to oh eight six one two three ninety five ninety five. We welcome your voice notes. Uh, so this is a man. Uh, he was listening to our chat he was at a crowded Limerick gig his waist was grabbed by a woman who thought it was someone she knew but this listener is saying well it's about intention let's just hear his comment
1: yeah mm. I don't think what happened to me is comparable because uh, that was like a pure accident Like it's all about intention isn't it that person was not looking to cop a feel but uh, even though she did by by accident whereas what happened to Mirren yeah, that was sexual assault.
0: So is that a fair distinction that he made, his experience versus the experience that Myron O'Connell um, had that, that she's talked about on Instagram?
1: I, I think it's, it's a reasonable its a reasonable distinction to make around it. Like somebody went to do something. I've done it myself. Where you, you'd you even touch somebody on the shoulder say, how are you getting on? Whatever it may be. And then they turn around and it's the wrong person. It's not the same person that you thought it was. So those things happen and they need to be we need to be reasonable and pragmatic in our lives in terms of how we how we operate within this world. So, absolutely. But when somebody does intentionally go out to cause harm, you know, or 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 to do something that's inappropriate, like whether they actually think it's a joke or whatever it may be, but if the person who's the receiving on the receiving end of it, it feels begins to feel uncomfortable. You know, they, you know, they need to re- they need to reflect on that. They need to reflect on why they were doing it in the first place regardless of whether you're a man or a woman like you know so and of course when you have these when you're in part of a group of peers and men are very much like this as well that part of a peer group the whole group think mentality the whole group mentality you know you're out in a group and you're shouting and roaring you have a few beers on on side and this is with hens and whatever it is things happen and people do things that are inappropriate you know and in some ways they need to be challenged internally among your, like the best place in which to be challenged around this behavior is by somebody that you're friendly with and say, listen, do you know what? I was even uncomfortable with what you did there, you know, or wherever it may be. And it's about giving people, uh, everybody an opportunity to be able to, we have a, we have a, in, in, in our, in our organization, we have an initiative called the, the, the three steps, which is about allowing people to step into the conversation and talk to the women and, uh, in, in their lives around this thing so to get an understanding um, of it. And, and to also to step up, right. you know, so... And,
0: and what do you make of one comment we got from a man who said he was heterosexual and he would react completely differently if a gay man did the same thing to him than if a woman did it, he'd be more angry? What do you make of that?
1: Well, um I, I'm not really sure what to make of it. I think they, that's something that that person needs to reflect on themselves about why they feel that they would be more angry, because, because I think in essence what he's thinking is that the other one is clearly uh, uh, he may feel it's a predatory kind of thing that's actually happened there, uh, and that also that the issue of consent and the understanding around his own sexuality is not really fully uh, being adhered to, and also he may not, like he might think that if, if a, het, a homosexual man made advances towards him, well then he may perceive in his, in his view that this person views him also as, heter- as as homosexual, and he may be very unhappy about that. So I can see how those things would happen. But I don't. it doesn't necessarily address the issue of people going and doing those inappropriate things and thinking it's okay to do it. Uh, and then the next step is about having, getting the, having the opportunity to reflect on what I've done without being shamed either. Because as I said, some of the reasons why these things happen are not necessarily on somebody going out of the way and being sexist or misogynistic or whatever it may be right. at that time and may be seen as a bit of a laugh and it may be quite and there are various different scales on the spectrum joe you know as you've seen the incident there with there was pretty kind of like you know it was at the lower end of the scale and i don't mean to minimize that in any way in terms of the trauma that it might cause you know but like you know compared to just say a, a serious sexual assault so these things, you know, you have to look at within the, within the situation that we are. But I think the fundamental thing is around the consent element. The fundamental thing is about the sense of where the sense of privilege to do what you do that that needs to be reflected on and okay. challenged.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for contributing to our chat off the back of the discussion we were having on yesterday's show, which is still available as a podcast at live95.i or through the Live 95 app. And that is Sean Cook of the Men's Development Network. Your views, your news, your Limerick
1: Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.